Welcome back. Um, today we will continue our discussion of the Zugos. Um, we are actually up to the last of the five Zugos, and probably the most famous of the Zugos, of the pairs that are mentioned in Perak Olive that talk about the Mesora, uh, and they were instrumental in the chain of the tradition being handed down from generation to generation. We're up to the Zug of Hillel and Shammai. Now, I think that um, there is a Gemara in Masech de Shabbos that will be the springboard for a discussion uh, and better understanding the lessons of Hillel. And also, we're going to discuss Shammai in the context of um, the, the same Gemara. So, let's start with the Gemara in Masech de Shabbos, Daflamid Amid Beis. The Gemara starts off. Um, it's a, some of this is more well known than that. Some parts of this is more well known than the rest. But we're going to discuss the whole um, Amud of Gemara more or less that talks about Hillel's conduct uh, in dealing in his interactions with other people. And the Gemara says that Tanur we learned in a brisa lolam yehe adam anvasan. Kehillel, a person should be humble and have humility like Hillel. Val yehe kapdon kishamai, and she, he should not be a kapdon like Shamai. Kapdon is somebody who is very uh, uh, particular and uh, demanding as it relates to uh, very certain things. Uh, maybe use the word strict. Not quite sure what the best definition of kapdon is, but when we think about Hillel versus Shamai, I think we have an appreciation of why Chazal referred to him as a kapdon, um, and we know that Hillel was very humble. Um, but the Gemara relates stories that describe how Hillel's conduct um, contrasted with Shammai's conduct, and the opening of the Gemara is, a person should always look to emulate Hillel and be an onav like Hillel and not a kapdon like Shammai. So the Gemara relates the following, that there were two people who basically made a bet with one another and said, um, I bet you I can get Hillel upset. The other one said, no, no way, no way, nothing can, nothing can upset Hillel. And they made a bet, and the bet was for uh, 400 zuz, which apparently was a lot of money. And um, the person that uh, insisted that he would be able to upset Hillel started, um, uh, started on his way, and he walked through the streets, um, on the block where Hillel lived, and started screaming and yelling, uh, calling out, where is Hillel? Um, where is Hillel? Um, Hillel hears him. This is Erev Shabbos, uh, a time when people are very busy preparing for Shabbos. Uh, Hillel hears him shouting, where is Hillel? And he was at the time, um, he was busy getting prepared for Shabbos, so he hears somebody calling his name, so he puts on his, his clothing, gets dressed, uh, he was probably bathing, getting ready for Shabbos. And he comes out and uh, he says, yes, my son, what can I help you with? And he proceeds to ask a very uh, insignificant, unimportant question. He wants to know why the, uh, the shape of the heads of the Babylonians are a certain way. So Hillel hears the question, probably didn't understand why this was so important to Shabbos to walk through the streets and seek out Hillel's advice and guidance and explanation, but nevertheless he says, my son, you have asked a very smart question, and he proceeds to give him an answer. person is satisfied. Hillel goes back in, continues his preparations. 
a little while passes and the person continues and says, again, where is Hillel? Where is Hillel? Hillel puts on his robe and again goes outside and asks this person, what is it that I can help you with? He asks um, another uh, insignificant question. He wants to know why are the eyes of a certain nation um, shaped a certain way or uh, why does it have a certain consistency? And again, he responds patiently and says, you asked a great question, let me tell you. And he explains to him to his satisfaction. And that was uh, what he thought was the end of that. He goes back in, continues his preparation for Shabbos. And then this person waits another uh, certain amount of time. And again, proceeds to start asking, where's Hillel? Where's Hillel? Hillel puts on his robe, comes outside, asks this person, what is it that uh, I can help you with? And he asks, why is it that the um, certain, uh, certain nation, their, feet are, their feet are very wide? And he says, my son, you ask a wonderful question. Let me explain it to you. And he proceeds to explain it satisfactorily. And this fellow tried three times to upset Hillel on Arab Shabbos, which is a time when there's a lot of pressure and people are busy preparing for Shabbos. And he bothered him with ridiculous questions. And nevertheless, Hillel, each time, uh, sat down patiently and answered uh, whatever this person uh, had, had uh, questions on. So after the third question, this person um, uh, confides in Hillel and says, you know, I have lots and lots of questions to ask you. I'm just afraid that if I continue asking you questions, you may get upset at me. Uh, and Hillel said, my son, whatever you need, I'm here for you. Please um, shoot away, tell me what your questions are, and I'll try, I'll try my best to help you. So this fellow at this point realized that um, he wasn't going to win this bet, uh, and Hill had um, uh, an enormous amount of patience, an unusual amount of patience, and he said to him, he was frustrated at this point, he was ready to give up, and he says to him, uh, are you the Hillel, are you the same Hillel that they refer to as the Nussi of the Jewish people? And he said, yes. And he responded by saying, if that is who you are, then there shouldn't be any others like you amongst the Jewish people. Because he was very upset because he lost his bet. So Hillel says, why do you say that? He said, because of you, I lost, a, I lost this bet and I lost 400 zuz. Hillel said that um, it's best you should lose the 400 zuz and Hillel um, should not be upset and... Uh, basically try to tell him that um, it's, you know, it's more important that people remain calm and that um, he should look at the uh, 400 Zuz as a, I guess, a lesson learned. So the Gemara then proceeds. So you see from this story, you see Hillel's humility. You see his patience. Um, then the Gemara proceeds to give three examples of people that came to be Megayer. And each time... Um, the circumstances were different. Each time the person that came to be Megayer first came to Shammai and basically was thrown out um, as being uh, absurd and ridiculous and, um, you know, why, why, why come in here? It's not possible to do what you're requesting. And in each instance, the person went to Hillel and Hillel found a way to, um, to address the person's request. And in all three cases, the, person, the people were Megayer. The first instance, person came to Shammai and said, uh, how many Torahs do you have? 
And he said, well, we have a Torah Shebiksav and we have a Torah Shebaal We have two parts of the Torah. There's the written tradition and there's the, the oral tradition. So Shammai, of course, either you accept the entire Torah, you don't accept, the, you don't accept anything. The Torah is not uh, accepted in pieces, especially a ger. A ger needs to accept the entire Torah. They can't accept 612 mitzvahs and leave out one. They have to accept the entire 613 mitzvahs. So therefore, Shammai sent him on his way. And he sent him in, in a way that was, you know, sort of like, uh, you know, leave me alone, don't bother me. Um, he goes to um, Hillel, and Hillel um, accepts his condition. And comes back the next day to start his lessons. And Hillel says to him, okay, he starts teaching him the, alpha, the olive base, the alphabet. He teaches him this is an olive, this is a base, and so on and so forth starting his lessons to learn the Torah before he can be, um, whether it's before he was Megayar or after he was Megayar, regardless, Hillel accepted his condition and started the, the, the lessons. He comes back the next day and Hillel mixes it up and what he called the olive the, the day before, he called a base, what he called a base, he called an olive and he mixed it up. So this uh, individual says to Hillel, hold on a second, yesterday you told me this was an olive and this was a base, until you're changing, what's going on? So Hillel said, well, you see, you have to actually rely on the oral, um, the oral teachings, because without the oral teachings, then you can't understand um, the written teachings. So the fact is, you're relying on me to teach you. So if you're relying on me to teach you, that means that the oral Torah is, uh, is part and parcel of the entirety of Torah. There's no way to split it up. And the same way you're relying on me to teach you the alphabet, and you trust me, you also have to trust the, the oral tradition is part of the entire package of Torah, and he convinced him that that, is, um, that that is what he would accept, and he took upon himself to be Megayar and to accept both Torah Shebik Sav and Torah Shabbat Pass. So Hillel, using this tactic, was successful at convincing this person to accept the proper Geras, whereas Shammai basically uh, kicked him out of the uh, base Medrash. The second situation was, person came, and this is the more famous one, and said, Teach me the entire Torah while I'm standing on one foot. So Shammai, realizing, of course, this is a ridiculous request because the Torah is vast, uh, and he basically sent him on his way. He goes to Hillel. Uh, Hillel said, you know, the, the idea of teaching while I'm standing on one foot, many understand as give me one principle that encapsulates the entirety of Torah. Um, and Hillel said, yeah, basically, I'll, I'll do that. And he said, that which is offensive to you, do not do unto others and basically said that this is the entire Torah and the rest uh, go learn. Uh, this is the, the foundation upon which the entire Torah is based, which is effectively similar to Vahaftla Re'acha Kamocha, uh, just mentioned in the negative. In other words, instead of love your fellow as yourself, do not do to your fellow that which you would not want somebody to do to you. But basically, Hillel taught him the entirety of the Torah with one principle, and this person was Megayer. The third situation is a person came and asked to be Megayar on the condition that uh, he can be a, um, a Kohen Gadol and we're the, the Big Day Kohen, the Big Day Kahanim. And of course, Shammai sent him on his way, uh, whereas Hillel said, okay. He comes to Hillel and Hillel tells him, well, we can't have you uh, serve as a Kohen Gadol until you actually learn what's involved. So go ahead and learn what's involved. And then when you come back and you know what you have to do, then we can talk. So he goes and he learns, 
the uh, halachas and the requirements of a Kohen. And he comes across the Pasuk that says, Vazor hakarev yumas. That if somebody who is a foreigner, somebody who's not from the Shevet Levi, somebody who's not a Kohen, tries to do that which is the job of the Kohen, he is subject to the death penalty. It's Osir. So even if it's David Melech Yisrael, even if it's David, the king of the Jewish people, he's not a Kohen. He would be Chayev Misa if he went ahead and tried to do the Avodah. So he learns this, and he comes to Hillel, and basically says that, um, I realize that uh, I can't do what I wanted to do. Nevertheless, he accepted it, because that's what the Torah says, and he also accepted his Geras, and... Um, the condition that he had originally requested, he just walked away from, and his Geris was a good Geris. So all these three Gerim, had it not been for Hillel's ingenuity and patience uh, and trying to work with people to, to see the positive and to try and help them understand that which is correct, they would not have been Megayer. And the Gemara ends off by saying that these three individuals who Shammai pushed away, and Hillel accepted and was Megayer, these three individuals um, at some point subsequently met in an inn, and they said to each other as follows, they commented on the events and said, The kapdonis, the strictness of Shammai and the intolerance of Shammai would have pushed us aside from the world, meaning Olam Haba and the ability to be part of the Jewish people. And Vesnusa Shal Hillel Whereas the humility and the sensitivity of Hillel brought us close to the Shechina, to the Divine Presence. So, when we see the Anhog of Hillel versus Shammai, we understand what the Gemara started off with by saying, And we look at our Mishnah, and what does our Mishnah talk about? Our Mishnah basically embodies uh, Hillel's own conduct. What does he say? Having a Talmud of Aaron, a person should be from the students of Aaron. He should conduct himself as Aaron Cohen did. Ohev Shalom, he should love peace. Verodev Shalom, and pursue peace. Ohev Habrias, and love every creation. Every creation, it says Habrias because they're creations of Hashem, creations of God. Umekarvel Torah, and thereby, with this approach of being an Ohev Habrias and Ohev Shalom, Verodev Shalom, he will be Mekarvel LaTorah, which is in fact what happened with these three Gerim. And uh, we see that the conduct of Hillel is consistent with his teachings um, and is consistent with his role of the Nasi of the Jewish people. So seeing a connection between the lessons of Hillel and Hillel himself, I think are very clear and apparent. Uh, just as an aside, I wanted to mention a question that is brought down in the Mepharshim. It's an interesting question. And that is that Hillel says... A person should be and he should be them regardless of who they are, just because they're creations of Hashem. In an earlier Mishnah, Nitai Harabeli, Mishnah Zion, said um, a person should distance himself from a Russia. A person should distance himself from a Russia. So, question is, is there a boundary when it says, Oh, Sabrius and Makarvan Latora, is it only for people who are not Rishayim, or is it for everybody? It would seem, 
from the earlier Mishnah, it says, Russia. To support this, to make the, the point even stronger, where it says in, uh, in uh, Mishnah Zion, Itara Abeli says, Russia, he says, for Torah. Even if you want to be Mekarish somebody to the Torah, you should not, um, you should not be Mechaber with, with a Russia. You should basically stay away from a Russia because um, simply, I guess, understood is that uh, you may be influenced by him. Nevertheless, that did not seem to be the approach of Hillel. And Hillel, by the way, says, having the Talmud of Shalaran, you should be from the Talmudim of Aaron Akoin. And the Bartanura explains, quoting an Avister Abnasim, that said that Aaron Akoin himself was uh, Mikari of many, many people. And uh, it, says over the, it, says in the, it says that if he saw an Adam Russia, he would greet him with a big smile and a very, very uh, cheerful greeting. And later it would cause this person to think about how is it that I can behave in such a way when Aaron Akoin, the high priest, the great Aaron Akoin, um, uh, looked at me and, and uh, treated me with such honor and such respect. I can't behave this way. And it would cause the person to repent and do tshuva. So you see that Aaron Akoin's approach and Hillel, who's telling us to be like Aaron Akoin, was to behave a certain way of Ahavas Abrias and Oef Shalom, Verodav Shalom, and be Makar of people at Torah, was regardless of their actions. It didn't, it didn't, it wasn't limited to people that are not Rishayim, even people that necessi- may not necessarily be behaving in the proper way. Still, So how do you reconcile that with what Nittai Harabeli said earlier about Al Russia? So the Yalkut HaGirshuni, a Pirish on wants to suggest that there's a difference between uh, Aaron Akoin or Hillel and the average person. They could tell by looking at a person and observing a person whether there's hope or not, and therefore they, on their level, we're able to make that uh, decision and interact with people that may not otherwise be considered um, worthy of having a conversation with because of their actions, because of their rishus, whereas the average person um, should not be mischabrila rasha, and that's what Nataihor Abeli is talking to when he says about mischabrila rasha. However, I think it's a little bit difficult in the sense that Pirkeiavus is here to teach us lessons in how we are supposed to behave. It's not relaying how Aaron Cohen behaved or how Hillel behaved. Hillel is instructing us, heavy mitamid of shal Aaron. He's talking to us. He's not talking to himself and he's not talking to Aaron Cohen. I mean, he's not talking about Aaron Cohen. He's talking about how we should behave. What I would like to suggest is that there are different levels of what we would call a Russia. There are some people that can do something that is not so terrible, yet Chazal will call them a Russia. And then there are people that are just through and through not good people. So when Nitai Harabeli says, Al-Tishabr Russia, he's referring to somebody that's a Russia, somebody who's uh, really uh, not of good moral character, somebody you need to t- stay away from. But when Hillel says, even though the Avastar Abnasin, I believe, uses a Lushan of somebody who's a Ru- includes somebody who's a Russia, if you look at the Bartanura, where he is basically repeating what it says in the Avastar Abnasin, he says, that if you see, it actually speaks about Aaron Cohen in his conduct, it says that when he knew that somebody had sinned, 
he would be mischaber ima, he would connect himself uh, with him, umarole put him suhuvais, and he would show him a very cheerful, bright smile to try and be makar of him. It doesn't say that this person's a Russia. The Bartanur changes the words and says, Adam Sha'avar Avera. There is nobody who is exempt from um, or is, can say that uh, they've never sinned in their entire life. So it's referring to somebody that sinned, and maybe it was not a small transgression, maybe it was uh, you know, something that is significant, but it doesn't necessarily define the person, and it doesn't necessarily say that this person is a Russia through and through. So therefore the Bartanura, uh, instead of using the word Russia, says Adam Sha'avar Avera, and I think he was trying to reconcile this difference by saying that people do things wrong, uh, and it doesn't mean they're bad, you have to know how to approach them, and you have to know how to be a little bit more tolerant and accepting. And, of course, that's with limits, because what Nitai Bailey says is, if you know the person is wicked through and through, you need to keep your distance, because most likely they're not going to listen to what you have to say. And there's, of course, the risk that you might be influenced by them. And that's why he says, Al-Tizchabal Russia. So in that way, we can reconcile uh, the conduct of Hillel, and that which he says was the... Uh, behavior of Aaron Cohen versus what um, the Tai Harabeli said earlier of Altis Khabala Russia. Thank you.